three, two, <coughs> one. Okay, everyone, we've got uh, another solo cast, but this time it's because right after we finished recording the other day, David saw fit to send out an email, which he hasn't done in a while. I think um, last David had been in communication via public way was uh, on Twitter. And on Twitter, I think it was like December 10th or 11th, he said it was going to be going live soon. And, you know, here we are. It's going to be, might be February by the time you're hearing this. But he sent out an email. And within that email, he is announcing his triumphant return to not YouTube, but to doing actual public events. I'm going to guess what he's talking about is that uh, event that I think is going on in April with him, Corey, Mike, Wazowski and uh, Chris Beskar and uh, a complete list of who's who of who gives a fuck. But I wanted to go over this email, but I was worried by the time we got around to recording during next weekend, it would kind of not matter anymore. I also don't think it's going to take terribly long to get through this. So I figured I would uh, do this solo and just read through the email and provide my commentary as I see fit. Now, I'm going to have to try and read off my laptop here. I really got to buy a printer. I, it, it, it became a completely useless thing until I started doing these episodes where I got to read off the laptop, and I, I miss having physical paper to read off of. But anyways, David Wilcock, Dear John, that's, that's me. It seems hard to believe, but my last scheduled public event was now five years ago. Contact in the desert in 2019. That, uh, that is actually hard to believe. I'm shocked he is not. Because Wendy, David didn't go into hiding until about two years ago. But then I guess you got to figure he spent all that time doing those YouTube videos. So, and COVID was in the middle there. So yeah, I guess he hasn't uh, popped out in a while. Uh, before this event, I was given very public threats on YouTube by a former colleague. He tried to force me not to speak on stage by using the fear of death. I wonder which colleague he's talking about there, because the immediate thought I have is Roger, who's part of Corey Good's uh, one of his frivolous lawsuits, because Corey kind of... He tried to give the impression that uh, Roger had made mention of the fact that he had killed people in the past when he was robbing them for heroin money. I kind of sincerely doubt it, and we all know David has a tendency to over-dramatize his dalliances with death. The man has had his break, breaks cut, like, I, I don't even know how many times. He get, his breaks get cut every time he steps in a car hear that or Armenian threatens to fight him. I think uh, he's a, a nervous Nelly, and as a result of that, things that aren't that threatening get interpreted through that lens by him. So he's given public threats. I was specifically told that culprits were asked to throw eggs or glass bottles at me on stage. His guest also threatened that my ex-wife might end up dying in an explosion well, I'll be. Um, it, something I don't quite understand is David seems to never go to the police. I'm not typically a huge fan 
of reporting things to the police. But I feel like if some guy says he's going to kill your wife with a bomb and he's going to kill you, it's probably okay to make the police aware of that fact, especially because, you know, it's, uh, it's very illegal to threaten to kill a man. It would also probably be helpful if in the future, if things started happening to him, having this report history would be useful. But then I guess the entire history of acting like an absolute insane person on YouTube probably doesn't help his case, right? Like, it's one thing if a normal person says, hey, this guy's threatening to kill me. But when someone who goes on YouTube and talks about the presidents being lizards and him inventing anti-gravity, like, that probably... He's, he's not the most uh, believable of characters. But either way... Isn't he? He's like a quintuple black belt. He, he can't karate these people away. He really does. He, he likes to pretend that he, he lives as like Jack Reacher or the Bourne identity. David is his own Tom Cruise Mission Impossible style character where every around every corner is uh, death and intrigue. When reality, it's just he's fucking nuts, so he invents all these things. He misinterprets things. I was, uh, so right, right, ex-wife dying in explosion. A woman actually did stand up and start violently screaming at me during my panel. Well, that is a world away from actual violence. I don't think words are violence, unless she was trying to command someone else to kill you. Uh, ironically, her outburst happened immediately after I discussed ending child abuse. Well, yeah, that, that, that does it. That means she was a satanic pedophile sent there by the cabal to kill David Wilcock. I had just perfected my live streaming studio a month or two earlier. The awesome threat profile I endured at this event made me focus just on live streaming afterwards. I... <laughs> No one's ever tried to kill him. For the most part, most people never face a murder attempt. It's, it's pretty rare. Also, if someone wants to kill you, they will go about killing you. Like, where, where he lives is public, where he was going to appear is public. If someone... I, I, Take it if the if the United States government wanted to kill him, I refuse to believe that he has been able to outsmart them. Uh, it's it's the entire force of the uh, army or navy or maybe maybe we can get one of those fancy space marines to uh, carry out the job. But yeah, I don't think David is capable of dancing around a trained assassin. I think if that were the case, he probably would have been eliminated a long time ago but it does help when it comes to raising money i guess is that uh, it makes the information he's putting out seem dangerous and he's risking his life to tell us about doritos in your blood and fungus brain and the archangel michael little did i know that having a great live streaming setup ready to go in 2019 was the perfect answer to what was coming in 2020 but archangel michael apparently did I was very busy in 2019, 2020, and 2021 doing two major online paid events per year, 
<laughs> wow, two whole events a year. That segued directly into the massive two-year process of creating the Michael Prophecies. As you probably already know, the years 2022 and 2023 were almost entirely consumed with writing seven prophetic books that brilliantly describe our current situation. Uh, brilliant is not the adjective I would have used. I would have used something like poorly or inadequately. I had received remote-viewed communications in the late 1990s that have now proven to be astonishingly accurate and predict a galactic family reunion by mid-2025. Every time I see David talk about the Michael prophecies, I get more confused because I did read all those books, and it feels like what I took away is completely different than what he intended for us to take away. But the problem is, in the books, he did not provide the additional context or information necessary to derive the meaning that he wants us to have derived. You should probably have talked about this galactic family reunion sometime in the, in the book, if, if that was what I was supposed to take away from it, instead of you being a crazy person. Everything we are seeing in the world right now is at the final moment before the really big changes begin happening. I am thrilled and awed like never before. My first trips out into the world, that's in parentheses, were in August and October 2023. In both cases, the stress of writing seven books in two years made it very difficult for me to travel. That also doesn't make any sense. You can take a laptop anywhere. That's kind of the thing about them. They're portable. You're allowed to take them with you on a plane and write. I don't see why writing a book would eliminate his ability to travel. These trips also created great comedic material for my videos, as you may have seen. Well, there's the first thing we agree on. It certainly created great uh, comedic material, whether it was David doing improv comedy with a cigarette. He's the, the British word for a cigarette. Or, uh, you know, him breaking down and crying because the smoke detector was going off. I also released a 10 and a half hour high quality video product during the same time. Sacred Science of the Michael Prophecies. I don't know a single person who has watched those. Even I have not subjected myself to the video version of the Michael Prophecies. Sacred Science is already done and is available right here. Enter Convergence in the coupon code field for a special gift. I elaborate more on this later in the email. There's nothing else like it. I consider it an essential companion product to the main text, no doubt. Well, of course you do. You're broke and need money. <laughs> it's, everything becomes essential. Uh, it's, it's essential for you to get food. I used over 700 slides. That's too many. You just... He needs to have an editor condense these things. No one's... Even if you have the best message in the entire world, if understanding the message requires reading several thousand pages and watching 11 hours of video, most people aren't going to do it. Uh, 700 slides, oh, and seven camera angles to explain how Ascension is going to transform our entire planet. More camera angles means more better. And everyone here on Earth will be included in this. My co-star, Stavati CEO, Chris Beskar, tosses out all sorts of great insider intel as I discuss in the sacred science that Michael has revealed to me since the mid-1990s. I'm sorry for shaking the camera. You're just going to have to live with that. The second unfinished half of this project is the spirit of the Michael prophecies. This, oh God, 
he really knows how to milk his content dry because the Michael prophecies is well first so we wrote all these blog posts in the late 90s that's that's pass one and now he repurposed those blog posts into the Michael prophecies so that's pass two and now we're getting the third iteration of the same exact content with the video portion of the Michael prophecies uh, as you probably remember, I made a bold public statement where I expected to blast through making videos for all seven books during Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, that didn't happen. You got scared by the wind and bunkered, uh, bunkered yourself away in your cabin. These videos will directly quote the best Michael prophecies in each book and give us an up-to-the-minute analysis of how these events are playing out in real time. My announcement triggered multiple major, <laughs> multiple major negative uh, greetings. I wonder if we're included in that. And reminded me it is best not to give out too many dates. Multiple negative, unanticipated events took place. Once I actually did reread book one, it opened up a huge Pandora's box of extremely horrific childhood memories. I had not at all prepared myself for that to happen. But how can that be true? Because he had to go through all these readings to write the book. So wouldn't it have brought those things to the surface during the first pass and not the second pass? It doesn't really make a ton of sense. Uh, so he's not prepared for the Pandora's box of um, demonic molestation, I guess. Suffice it to say that I have now recalled far more events than before. Oh, yes he's going to have to turn this into content at a certain point. He's going to have to put out, uh, I forgot what he referred to it as in the Michael Prophecies. It was something like the Book of Evil, where he talks about being killed by demons and shit. And uh, so he recalled far more events, and they are as upsetting as anything you can possibly imagine, the greatest recognized abuses. Well, we all know what that means. This is also why I'm waiting a little longer to shoot a video. I want to have processed this enough that I will feel fine about not going into any real detail. Isn't the whole point of processing something so you're capable of talking about it without bringing about the emotional response? That's like the basis of Scientology. Not that Scientology is great, but I think, isn't that what the E-meter readings do? You just continuously repeat a memory until the E-meter stops uh, moving about. Maybe David should be a Scientologist. He kind of, he has every element of it with the obsession with science fiction writing and the fact that he's fucking crazy. There, I'm sorry, I'm on the wrong paragraph. Uh, blah, blah, blah. There was clearly a buildup to this in October and November. The walls started coming down in December and then crystal clear memories came through in mid-January. Oh, so this is very fresh. Just a few weeks ago, he remembered the devil fucking him. I don't want to talk about <laughs> what I remembered for now. Then why'd you write an email about it, Dave? Why? It's... It's a very attention-seeking move to talk about these horrific abuses and then refuse to elaborate on them. I don't know if maybe he's still workshopping what his abuses are, or maybe he's trying to figure out whether or not they actually happen. Well, what am I talking about? David would never do that. If he, if he thinks of it, it, of course, happened. Uh, but yes, that, that seems like sort of a desperate pity attempt Pity is unbecoming on a man such as himself these days. He he should, as a elevated density being, he's got to be better about 
integrating and processing these sorts of traumas. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about what I remembered for now, although I may in the future, please God. It is very shocking to discover such a massive hidden story as I'm about to turn 51. As a hint... Okay, David, knock it the fuck off. This, I, Look, I get it, and I appreciate that you're turning this into content, but you can't say you don't want to talk about it, and then you do a fucking tease where you give us a hint about it. As a hint, my grandfather worked in Schenectady at GE, where they were designing all the animatronics for Disney World. I've now remembered far, far more details. Well, he did briefly touch on that in one of the books. I believe he said the... Um, like the CEOs of Disney, when his father took him there, they all like surrounded him and molested him, which I'm pretty sure it's illegal to accuse real people of molesting you if they didn't do it. At least I hope it's illegal. That's a very irresponsible thing to do. The aftermath of remembering these graphic details has been that I have much renewed desire to clean up my life, get out there and stop living alone constantly. Well, good for you, David. I'm not going, it's not going to do me any good to hide. Now is the time to stand up and be bold. Now, stand up is capitalized, which I hope means he's still planning on doing stand-up comedy. That, I, I don't know how, what I would have to do to get in the good graces of the Lord so that he may provide me this one simple request, which is I, I, beg that David Wilcock tries to be a stand-up comic. Nothing could be better for the continuance of the storyline. I did mention that I was using medication in videos. Now that the memories have flooded back, I have almost entirely stopped. Michael's new time loops are in full support. Best of all, I feel really good. There are hardly any withdrawals is I immerse myself into the incredible wonder of Michael's prophecies. Well, that's bizarre. Um, I'm trying to think of what medications he could be talking about here, because as, you know, uh, for, for anxiety and depression purposes, which is what he's referring to here, I take, um, what he's likely talking about, there's really only like a few things it would be. It'd be SSRIs, it'd be SNRIs, there's also the possibility of benzos. I, I have a hard time believing David would willingly take SSRIs. Someone who understands science so poorly and also questions the establishment so much. SSRIs are kind of commonly looked at within the conspiracy realm as a, like a demonic pill. So I, I, I don't necessarily believe he'd take those. Also, they don't really cause much in the way of withdrawal. You do kind of feel shitty. You can get what they call the brain zaps if you're taking SSRIs. I got those when I hopped off of Zoloft. It's very weird. It feels like someone just kind of buzzes your noggin. Now, benzodiazepines, there's a few issues with that, too. Um, if David, you know, in the past, he claims to have been an addict. Uh, if that's true... And he shared that with his doctor. No remotely responsible doctors would prescribe a self-proclaimed addict benzodiazepines. So either that's not what he was given, or he had a terrible doctor. Or maybe 
he's a bit more honest about his attic past with the doctor in that it wasn't as serious as he likes to portray publicly. And maybe he was given benzos. And that one kind of makes the most sense. I could see like GABA or Valium. GABA may make the most sense because that's like not a strong drug. They give that to ex-addicts and it would have a similar use. And there would be some withdrawal. I like that I'm now just baselessly speculating on what pills David could have been taking. Bottom line is, I don't think there's any pills that make you go... Uh, I've taken my share and everyone else's share of benzos in my life, and I never thought I was a time-traveling alien who got molested by the devil. But I could see how David might arrive at that conclusion if he was given those. Well, either way, look, I'm... If what he's saying is true, I am glad that he is uh, off the medication and feeling better, assuming that's actually true. He's kind of the boy who cried wolf at this point. Furthermore, I went back to the original text from 1997, was able to extract 148 pages of time loop data that underlined the personal memories that reemerged. Clearly, I had a story going on my whole life that I didn't know about. My subconscious did, however, and it ended up being a defining, albeit unseen, influence. Well, that doesn't make any sense either. How the fuck? You can't live a second life and just be entirely unaware of it, or certainly someone around you would be aware of it. Does he think his family was just, like, tricked? I don't... (laughs) This, uh... Now that I'm, I'm almost done with William Tompkins' book, which, by the way, is officially the worst book I have ever read. It is significantly worse than any other book, even within this space. But one of the things William Tompkins talks about and uses as like a plot device to kind of get around some of the obvious plot holes is he says the aliens that he worked with were able to like control everyone else's mind and they would just forget that aliens had been there. So if David wants to go that route, I could see him doing it, where he's like, um, you know, these aliens were coming and taking me elsewhere, and they were using their their alien voodoo mind melts on my family. In short, <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. How the fuck does a 51-year-old man reach this point? How, you know what frustrates me is he can't take fucking accountability for anything in his life. I've never once heard him say, like, hey, I fucked up. I should have done this better. Instead, it's always like, well, actually, what happened was I didn't make a mistake. There were secret underground alien forces that infiltrated everyone's minds and made me do the wrong stuff. David needs himself a dose of uh, radical acceptance. David, if you're listening to this, you just got to realize everything in your life, to some extent, is your fault. And I don't mean that in a harsh way, but I mean you're never going to progress past where you currently are if you never take accountability for your past actions. You, even if something else interfered in it, you played a part. Step four, David. Come on, you're a recovering addict. In short, the whole last two years of unsealing the Michael prophecies has now led up to a personal reveal of buried trauma that seems to have closed the circle. I had to go through a huge grief process involving intense anger, fear, sadness, and pain. I've now gotten out on the other side of it. I'm feeling much better. Well, I'm genuinely, I I do want him to feel better because that means we get more content. 
As a result, I began the final unsealing of book two just two days ago, and it's going fast. I'm already past the halfway point, and the videos are coming. As has been the case for the entire last two years, we are getting massive unchecked DS interference. I'm assuming that means deep state. How can you... Uh, uh, David, they're not censoring your emails. Just write the words. Deep state interference that has kept me in perpetual apocalyptic... <laughs> perpetual apocalyptic financial distress. What happened to those billions he was uh, going to be getting any day now? I've encountered financial problems in my day, but I've never encountered a problem that a billion dollars wouldn't fix. We have a guy who can do our small, smallest business plan as one example, but he has been completely unable to access and invest his own funds for over a year now. Time after time, we see interference happening, and I am still carrying the entire expense of keeping this company, humanity's future, Alive on my back. Well, there's the hubris we've all come to know and love from David. David is literally saving the world. Also, not to gloat, but now I'm about to gloat. In the past, I did say this is exactly what was going to happen, is uh, Stavati, or I guess he didn't specifically say Stavati, and they're litigious, so let me backtrack that. Whatever company he's referring to, I did say that they were continuously going to present him with reasons for why the deep state has interfered with them. They've been unable to fulfill their promises. Because, uh, of course, it's not that the company's full of shit. It's that uh, the, the lizards in outer space have to stop them so that humanity can't win. And I'm going to guess this is going to continue to happen until... David runs out of money completely. It's really like that episode of Intervention we did on the Patreon where the guy was, uh, you know, hammering meth and morphine and then dealing with those 419 scammers out of Nigeria where he was always just one step away from getting a million dollars. But they, they just needed, the king of Nigeria just needed a little bit more money in order to be able to wire that man his millions. Stavati is David's... <laughs> David's Nigerian scam. And I don't mean it's a scam, I just mean it's a complete waste of money. We now have multiple very severe problems with the company as a result of this ongoing interference. Uh, I don't think not paying your contractors so they sue you, I don't think that's outside interference. I think you shot yourself in the foot on that one. If you hire someone to do a job, you don't pay them, and then you face consequences for that. That's not their fault. That's your fault. Again, accountability, David. The only way... Oh, sorry. Uh, they will all immediately go away once we get financed. So all his problems will disappear as soon as he receives the vast untold fortunes he's been promised. The only way I've been able to keep our company from completely collapsing, going into bankruptcy uh, proceedings, has been to sell products online. That is why, yet again, I'm calling for your help. This one last time. Uh, spoiler alert, this will certainly not be the last time. We are close enough to some kind of a deal that it should hopefully be free of this crisis soon. He's, uh, you know, he's been saying that for, for some time now. He, I, I literally do not know what it would take for him to understand what's going on. I don't know what, what, uh, 
what anyone could even do to explain to him. Like, I don't know that you can break him out of this thought process. I think he's too pot committed at this point. And he doesn't really, I, I don't think he sees any possible way this is all bullshit. Because that would mean he's been a very silly goose over the course of the last several years. Which is the case. But getting him to recognize that is something else entirely. Uh, right, so they're, they're going to get out of that crisis any day now. Getting, wait a second here, getting clean sucks. I'm not in the best mood, but the books are absolutely blowing my mind. And the first Spirit of Michael videos may not may be shot this week. All right. So now we're back to it. To me, I'm going to pray David does not mean getting clean from SSRIs, because no one should be using those words when describing SSRIs or SNRIs. Which leads back to that initial uh, proposal. Does that mean it was GABA or benzos? Could be GABA. And if his doctor was giving him benzos, he should fucking sue him for giving an addict benzos. That's about the worst thing you can give someone. It's, uh, you know, it's like someone quitting cocaine, so you just give them heroin. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Also, he... Those medications, if you're taking them in sufficient enough quantity, you quite literally, you have to detox in a medical facility or you will die. There's only two segments of drugs that will literally kill you with the withdrawal. That is uh, benzodiazepines and alcohol. GABA fits in there, too. You'd have to be taking an insane amount of GABA, but GABA fits in there, too, because both uh, benzos and alcohol are both GABA drugs, as is GABA, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I just, no matter how crazy he was acting, I, well, actually, maybe. No, you know what? Hold on. Now I'm going back because he was acting pretty nuts, and that's usually a pretty good indicator of drugs. He put on some weight. That is usually a pretty good indicator of drugs. All right. Well, if that's the case, this is the coolest thing Dave has done in a while. <laughs> oh, Fuck. I should work for Dare. Um, at the very least, I hope if... Let's take for granted that this is true. Let's just assume David Wilcock has been abusing pills for the last several years. I hope he takes this as an opportunity for self-reflection and gives himself the ability to progress from where he is currently, both uh, physically and emotionally. But... As we all know, that is very unlikely to happen. I hope it does happen for him. Look, I'm rooting for David. I've said it before. I used to criticize him. He's kind of paid his debts. Now, I, I like cheering for the underdog. I'm still not a fan of what he does, but I do want him to be successful in some way. Just not by lying. That's the part I hope he changes. <laughs> Spirit of the Michael Prophecies is intended to summarize the contents of each of the seven books so you don't have to read them. God, I wish I could have gotten that, but we'll understand more if you do. Each book will have its own video, at least one, and book one is so dense... <laughs> You're so dense, David. Book one is so dense, I will probably need at least three hours to work through everything that is in it. Well, we did have to do four episodes on book one, so he's not entirely wrong there. Honestly, I would probably have to do at least two new videos just to cover book one. 
book two, as I've just seen again, is also very information rich and also loaded with new time loops that have recalibrated prophecies for our immediate direct presence. See, this is also what I talked about when we covered those books is no matter when he reads these books, he's just going to loop the prophecy into what is occurring in that very moment because it's all so vague that none of it means anything. So book one was a directly looped to the, you know, the Chinese balloon thing from a year ago. And now I'm sure he's going to say, it, you know, it has something to do with the presidential election or some dumb shit. And now appears that Michael intended for me to reread the books at this exact time in history. Over the last 48 hours, I found multiple high quality time loops in book two. You know, at just once, if he wanted to make this seem more legitimate, he should do book three and be like, nothing, nothing in book three. It's the same way uh, I've said that psychics, like if you do a psychic hotline reading, like once every 50 readings, you should give someone terrible news. Can't always be good. It makes it seem more legitimate if you hit them with uh, like things aren't going to work out for you. Or it turns out book three and four didn't have any time loops. Using the prophetic technique, Michael has now definitely convinced me that we are not waiting until November 2024 whatsoever to see major events unfold. Events could easily reach ahead by March, based upon a number of intel sources that the new time loop has now fully validated. Michael Prophecies is validating telegram time, uh, telegram prophecy, I take it. This will take a long time to explain, and I will probably do it in a video. My plan right now is to finish the final unsealing of books two and three and then shoot. Uh, <laughs> I can't say that. Uh, and then shoot the first three videos for the first three books as a spirit of Michael Prophecies. Well, there you have it, everyone. Oh, gee. Oh, my God. That just ended at, at my audacity thing. 3.33 and 33 seconds, which I'm no, now going to take as proof that I did the right thing here, because that's what David would do. That's how I live my life now. What would David Wilcock do? And it turns out it just means filming unnecessarily long rambling videos for YouTube. Well, anyways, I guess we will uh, leave it out there. Hopefully, you know, I'm recording this on the 30th. I hope to have it up by tonight. I guess it takes, uh, you know, it depends on how long it takes for the video to upload. But anyways, hootie hoop.